gang. This is a wild one. You'll never guess where I am unless you already read it in the episode description. But I am in Austin, Texas. More specifically, I am inside the Austin Stories house where I lived when we shot Austin Stories and then uh, MTV actually rebuilt the inside of this house in a studio down on Riverside. And that's where we shot interiors. And we shot the exteriors. If you see the party scene, this is the house and I'm in it. What's going on? Well, I got into Austin today. I'm doing a show tonight. So I figured I'd drive by the house, I always do. I got fond memories of this place where I lived here with Connie from Arkansas. Anyway, the house was for lease. So I just stood outside for a while, then it just looked like the house was vacant. I walked up, nobody's in it. So here I am, I'm back in my house. I'm back in my Austin house, now I'm in my bedroom. My bed was right here. I mean, this place is slopped up right now. This kind, of, this place was run down when I lived here and nobody fixed it up since. And that was, you know, that was uh, 96, 97, 98 that I lived here. Yeah, 20 years ago, I guess I moved into this hole. Nobody's fixed it up yet. Now I'm in the kitchen. You know what, this one's not gonna have any music. Maybe I'll count down the top five rooms in my old house. This place back in the day was $400 a month. I paid $200. Connie lived here for free because she had a guy in the backyard in a Winnebago. He was like a drifter in a Winnebago with a hot plate. He paid $200 to live in the backyard. Anyway, all right, let's count them down. The top five rooms. Ah, maybe we won't do top five rooms. I'm just thinking this out now, guys. I'm excited to be here, but I don't know if you guys are excited to hear this. It's just going to be me reminiscing. Here's the spot where I listened to the... Not listened to. Wait, here's the spot. Wait, Seinfeld ended right here. Frank Sinatra died. Seinfeld ended... I think Howard Stern moved to a different, maybe some hat with Howard Stern. Anyway, that's what was going on culturally. I had my finger on the pulse of pop culture back then. If I was, uh, if there was podcasting back then, I mean, when I lived here, there was no podcasting. There was no, there wasn't cell phones. The first cell phone was the StarTech in 1996. It cost $995. That was the first actual flip phone. I shouldn't say cell phone. That was the first flip phone. So when I was living here, it was only, you know, fancy pants dudes who were walking around with a flip phone. Um, I'm at the front door now. I remember Chip Pope coming to the door one time. And he had somebody with him. And I was like, oh, shit. Hey, Mitch. And it was Chip and Mitch Hedberg. And they came through. Mitch said, hey, you guys, now that you got this show, don't stop doing stand-up. They're like, okay, we won't. Wow. Wow, gang. Now I'm back in my bedroom. At one point, Connie's dog, Stu, 
had fleas and um, she didn't make a lot of moves to get rid of the fleas. So I, I used to wear flea collars on my ankles when I lived in this bedroom. <laughs> oh my God. Like this place is in the middle of being fixed up kind of. There's like, you know, spackle and worksman's tools and all that. Worksman's tools. This is crazy. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, that's a unique thing to live in a house and then have production people come and start measuring it and then they rebuilt it inside a uh, inside of our studio on Riverside if you, if you I guess if you know if you're familiar with Austin stories this could be a fun episode but to me it's even more than Austin stories I lived here I'm right in the bedroom now I've told the story where Connie she had her bed right here and then she had the air conditioning unit in the window but she's that Kramer. The cool air blows right over me. So Joel, her boyfriend at the time, he hooked up a, you know, a, a uh, you know, like a box fan. He had it hanging from the ceiling by its cord, and it would hang right over, like three feet above Connie's bed. And and then she'd turn on the air conditioning unit, and then the box fan, and the box fan would blow the cool air from the air conditioning down onto her. You know, I've told a lot of these stories on the podcast and on stage. It's funny to be where they happened. This is a spot where Connie would call me, Kramer! Kramer! And I'd be over here in my bedroom. What? What? Kramer, come here! I'd get up, I'd walk over here, open the door. I go, what is it? goes, uh, will you fuck me? Joe's dick is crooked. <laughs> oh, that poor bastard. Hope he's not listening. Hope he's not a chartist. Would you fuck me? Joe's dick is crooked. Because I did. I used to, I dated Connie like four years before I lived here. She was a girl I dated. And then... I moved to L.A. and 95, I was there for eight months. Then we got a call. They wanted to do Austin stories to make a very long story short. I ran into Connie. She said, hey, Kramer, I need a roommate. We never, uh, we stayed platonic while I lived here. But um, this is crazy. I mean, I thought I would knock on the door maybe and there'd just be a nice family living here and it'd be super nice and they wouldn't let me in and I'd be like, wow, that place has changed. It hasn't changed. Um, John Norris, if you remember him from MTV News, he came down to interview us all and like do a promo piece for us. And I, and I, I remember being relieved that you know, nobody used the bathroom. So he's about to take off. They're about to take off in a production van after we did an interview. He's like, oh, hey, can I use your bathroom real quick? And um, it was just embarrassing because, like, here, I'm by the bathtub. The water in the bathtub didn't work. Let me see if it does now. Oh, we do. Wow, they got water going. We used to have a sawed-off garden hose right here. And we'd feed the water from the sink into the tub. One time the tub got clogged. 
and she had this Vietnamese plumber come over and he pulled like five pounds of Mardi Gras beads out of the drain because the Alcani's Mardi Gras beads went down there. Anyway, gang, this is enough about the house. Let me tell you now about um, the Texas greasing I'm in the middle of. Uh, flew into Houston. We had a great show in Houston. Uh, four comics open. Everybody was super cool. We were in a small dedicated room. And it was a great bunch of chartists. As I know, Houston is a great comedy town. It always was. Or maybe it's gone up and down. But it's got serious comedy history. Bill Hicks, Sam Kinison, etc., etc., etc. So... That was a fantastic gig. That was everything I expected. I mean, and more. I just mean it was it was like, you know, the way the shows have been going. Because when I got to Dallas, it was a little different. Hey, Dallas. You guys were there. You know, I think we just needed a different venue. That's all. It wasn't like a dedicated venue. These shows need to go off where it's just me and the Chartists in a room. You know, because it's like you guys listen to the podcast. You know everything about me. I don't have to stop to explain it. You know what I mean? The only people not in on the joke should be the sound man uh, and the wait staff and the manager of the club and security. Everybody else were in a little club and we just took over their club for a little bit. Well, Dallas was a little different. It was a rock club and it wasn't like a... Uh, it didn't seem like a podcast-friendly rock club. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like alternative, modern, whatever you call it. Whatever it's called now. It used to be called alternative rock when I lived here. They were like, you know, Pantera dudes. You know? Ice Road Trucker-looking guys. I even called them that. It was just odd. You know, I walked out and, you know, and it was like... I thought everybody was there to be Chartists, but it was like half and half. And the other half was like all scary dudes. It was an odd one. But in retrospect, it was fantastic and fun and great. But it was like last night. I, don't, I, I haven't really had time to, to um, you know, get that distance to where it's just funny. Because it was semi like, oh boy. It just wasn't what I expected. All these shows have just been all chartists, so it was a little weird. There's a truck pulling by. I thought maybe it was a workman that come to kick me the hell out of here. But look, Dallas, hey guys, I'm sorry. When I come back through there, we'll just have a, some small room somewhere. I mean, this was the kind of bar that's loud, wide open. Everybody's chatting. I don't even know why. Then there's like a Mavericks game on the television. They don't even turn it off. The sound was off, but they, you know what I mean? There's just 80 million distractions in there, but we had fun. So Houston, I had a great time with you guys hanging out. Uh, and then afterwards... I went over to the, uh, to the um, house of some of the guys. We had some great conversations. Good time. It's all a blur, guys. I'll, I'll cover more of this when I get back to L.A. on Who Charted. Right now, I'm just kind of, uh, I mean, this is a crazy reminiscent thing. One time with Brody up in Sacramento, we went to one of his old houses, and he knocked on the door. And there was like a woman just started yelling at him. 
And then he kind of was yelling back, but they kind of, it wasn't, he wasn't yelling back, but he was still trying to talk to her and she was kind of mentally ill. The neighbor came out from the other house and said, yeah, that lady in there is mentally ill. So I don't know. It was weird. So for this to happen where I'm just like chilling in my old house, like charging my phone in here, it's wild. All right, I'm going to pick up the pace, guys. Tonight is Austin. It hasn't even happened yet. I was going to wait to do the podcast tomorrow, but I thought, hey, it'd be kind of fun, really fun to do it here in the house. Back in my bedroom, I used to have a four-track cassette up on a table in this corner. And this is where I made a lot of the early tracks that will probably never be heard. Because the sound quality is horrible. Because I am no producer. But now I'm thinking back on it. Starred and Dustin, who did the first two records that I did in L.A. Or, well, no, I did those with Matt Cooper. But he's, he's kind of my, like... Star, when I lived in this room, Starred was probably like nine years old or something. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, I'm going to make some records. Little did I know... The guy who's going to make them with me is nine. Starts like, you know what I mean? He's playing air guitar on a tennis racket in his mom's garage. Jumping up and down on a bed listening to fastball or something. But, um, yeah, I made a lot of songs in this room too. If I could think of some of them, I would. I can't even think of my new ones. There's a lot of crap laying around. Back in Connie's room. Um, this has been great. Also, uh, when I left Houston, I drove up to Dallas. Um, I drove down a one-way. Um, this is odd. You know when you're driving alongside of a highway, there's a feeder road? Sometimes the feeder road is a one-way road. You know what I mean? And it just goes in the same direction as the highway. Sometimes the feeder road is a two-way road where there's traffic that's going along the same side as the highway. You know what I mean? They're going in the same direction as the highway and there's uh, people coming in the opposite direction. Well, I turned down a street there in Houston, Texas where it was a one-way going in the opposite direction of the highway next to it. I defy, I, I've never seen that, and I've dri driven around this, this town called America a bunch. If you've seen that, I've never seen that. So anyway, I get to a street, I figure I'm going to go down this feeder road and get on the highway. I make a left, it's a one way, going the wrong way. Two cars beeped at me, so I just got the fuck out of there. And then I drove up the I-45. And all of a sudden, I'm looking and the Sam Houston statue scared the shit out of me. I was telling them last night, there's a huge statue of Sam Houston. And I've never seen it or I've never seen it at night to where they've lit it up. I just didn't even know about it. It's one of those things. I lived in Austin for seven, eight years, but it wasn't on my radar. This statue that they got between houston and dallas i just thought it was like colonel sanders standing on the shoulder of the road as i got closer 
Colonel Sanders kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I was like, how big is he going to get? And I was like, oh, okay, it's a Sam Houston statue. I know these stories have probably cried you guys, but I guess this episode's more for me. It's a reminiscer. And you guys are thinking, Howard, all your episodes are for you. Yeah, but I don't listen to them. Actually, I do sometimes. I'll be back. So, yeah. Yeah, I kept driving to Dallas. I saw a grisly accident. Immediately in my mind, started thinking of jokes about it. And then I felt guilty. I was like, you didn't see that on the internet. That was real. You just saw that with your own eyes. And I stopped making jokes. But that's what you got to do. That's why cops use dark humor to get through those situations. When I got to Dallas, I was over by SMU. I turned down a street and they were having an estate sale. So I was like, oh, let me go on this estate sale. I don't think I've been to one in like 10 years probably. So to me, it was just like, this is wild. I just kind of like just get to show up in Dallas. I'm in a nice neighborhood, Highland Park, and now I can just walk into somebody's house. Because that's a theme now. That's what I'm doing here too. Except this is a dump. It's actually, this house would be cool as shit once they fix it up. I've always liked it. But um, anyway, I go into this house. I'm, I, I realize, okay, there's an estate sale here. Now, this part gets a little gross. Not too gross, but grosser than I usually go. But anyway, here's the deal. I had to take a leak real bad. And I, I, um, I wasn't sure, like, I don't know, estate sale. They're not going to let me take a leak in there. So I pulled out an empty, tall, empty cup that I had. And... I'm human, gang. I took a leak in the cup. And then I thought, okay, I'll just dump this on the grass and just like, you know, I'll find a garbage over by the estate sale and throw the cup out. Well, as I'm heading over to the estate sale, it just keeps getting more crowded and more crowded. There's just people everywhere. So there's no place for me to really dump the pee and I'm kind of distracted. Like what's going on in this estate sale? Should I go in? Should I skip this? And so I was like, all right, I'll just go in the estate sale. So now here I am. <laughs> There's all these women walking around. They're selling antiques, China. There's just stuff with prices marked everywhere. It's Dallas ladies. Hi, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the whole time I'm in there, I'm walking around and I still have the coffee cup full of... It was, a, it was a cup from Bucky's, this big rest area stop they have here where you can get like breakfast tacos and souvenirs. And um, so there it is, just out of nowhere, I'm walking around a really nice house in Dallas uh, where obviously somebody died, they're selling off all the shit. I'm walking upstairs, downstairs, I'm looking at an $8,000 armoire or armoire. And uh, I got the cup of pee in my hands. And you know, some of those ladies probably had, I, I don't know if anybody picked up on it. It had a lid on it, but I did have to like set it down on one point to pay for the shit I found in there. I mean, it was, <laughs> it 
It was weird. A lot of the shit had Howie written on it, which is super weird. I'm like, wait, why does this stuff have Howie written on it? And then um, there was an old woman upstairs. I go, who's Howie? And she goes, oh, that was their last name. That was their last name, Howie. Uh, it was just bizarre, gang. And I was stone cold sober. It would have been even crazier, but... Anyway, I was thinking, uh, what if I like drop this this cup? Anyway, I went up into their little uh, rec room, and I bought a, um, a, a Sony cassette Walkman, and then I bought some plates from France because um, my mom's visiting in a couple weeks. So I'll see if she wants them. But um, there I am with my Walkman and my plates and my cup of pee. And um, that was that. Then I went and did the Dallas gig. And it was odd, gang. I got up on stage. I was expecting all chartists. And it was half chartists, half dudes that, you know, like, it was like all the dudes who ever road crewed for Pantera. They're just everywhere. I mean, like, every three minutes, a new scary-looking dude would, like, would just come and um, stand near the stage. They look like Todd McFarland action figures. Todd McFarlane. You know when action figures got all grisly like about 15 years ago? Or whenever it was? They should do a McFarlane line of guys who were at the Dallas gig. So it was odd, but we had a good time and everybody was super cool. I just kind of... Um, you know, I owe you one, Dallas. I think we got to just get a different venue. That same exact crowd and just a small dedicated venue would have been a different show. I think people enjoyed the show, but it would, just would have been a little different. But I did do a lot of tunes and everybody was cool. So I should just shut up about that one. I even felt I should have shut up about it last night. All right. Um, tonight's Austin. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then tomorrow is um, championship games. Pats, Broncos, and Cardinals, Panthers. Cam Newton, how old is he? He's probably 25. So, like, Cam Newton was six when I lived here. Like, I could have fucking, you know what I mean? Like, if I, one-on-one, -on -one, I could have destroyed him. Little six-year-old Cam Newton. Who am I kidding? He would have destroyed me even then. The guy's probably got... He's just innately talented. Um, now I'm by the porch. I remember one time me and my girlfriend Mandy got a fight right here. And um, she left and I closed the door. And then all of a sudden I started seeing the door crack from the inside. Is this the crack? Holy shit, that's the crack. Mandy was so pissed, she started kicking the door. And she was like, tallish? I mean, she was just bucking Bronco, kicking the fucking door. I gotta take a picture of that fucking crack where that's, that's awesome. Maybe I'll squat in here tonight. You know? Just to be a weirdo. That'd be a fun podcast. I'll give you another one just from my weird night in here. You're like, no, that's good. Just kind of covered it. I'm in my house, guys. What else can I tell you about right here? Uh, this is it. This is where Austin stories happened. 
I remember being in this room to, to get the call that we got greenlit. I remember, I remember the months leading up to it. We, we had to wait about two and a half months after we turned in a pilot to get greenlit. Actually, more. We turned it in in like early December, and I think we didn't get greenlit until the beginning of March. And I remember telling Chip, I let's like just, you know, man up, it don't matter. Like we were worried, like, is it gonna get picked up? I'm like, don't worry. Danger is my danger is my middle name. Some stupid shit, just about how like don't worry about it. But they it got picked up. And then we went out to LA and we did 12 pilots in a row that didn't get picked up. And I would say we didn't know how good we had it, but I think we kind of did. I mean, I'm living in this dump in the middle of Austin, Texas, and all of a sudden I get a show on TV. I mean, I think we, nobody expected that to happen. We knew we were kind of fucking lucky. I keep thinking every car that drives by is going to be like filled with workmen that want to come in here and beat my ass. Um... So this was a ramble, but anyway, that's 25. I'm gonna cut it off here. The top five rooms, let's count them down. Number five, the big living room. Connie used to have a couch here and it had so much dog hair on it that she had a sign on the couch that said, uh, no people, don't sit on here. So it was a couch just for dogs. Uh, coming in at number four, Connie's room. This is where she, uh, She'd call me in to bang her or whatever, and then she'd say, Kramer, close the door. You're letting my cool out. Coming in at number three, the kitchen. Um, the only thing I remember cooking in here was catfish, black beans, and rice. She cook catfish, black beans, and rice. Then me and Connie's friend, this dude, would go play basketball. And I didn't know that rice was fattening. I'm like, all I ever eat is this fish and these beans and this rice. Why am I not losing weight? Because of the two pounds of rice. Coming in at number two, number two. Well, my bedroom's gotta be number one. I'll do the porch. Number two, the porch. In the front yard, we shot Austin stories out here. That's huge. And coming in at number one, my bedroom. Heather Kafka from Austin Story. She liked one of the songs I recorded in here. It went like this. Be-bop that dip. You got to make that dip. Boot make that dip. You got to make that dip. Ba-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-